I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Excuse me, Veronica. Yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The... Party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the pants party. As always, I'm Max Brecky along with me. Harrison Starr and Benjamin Ross, fellas. Um... Alright, we're recording this like 10 minutes after the conclusion of this Iowa-Maryland game. Um, as you may already know, if you don't know, breaking news to you, Iowa just lost. Um, almost had another buzzer beater. Um, didn't happen, but they fought back, they played hard, and you know what? It was a, after The second half was a good basketball game. The first half was absolutely atrocious, but the second half was good, and you know, they played better, you know. Not much to say about it, um, you know, outside of, or not much general to say about it besides that. Guys, how are you feeling about this game? Well, it was nice to see the defense show up. I mean, yeah, <laughs> go, go figure the defense shows up and Iowa can't buy a basket. I thought, you know, you just kind of look down the box score and, you know, it was really three-point shooting, which did Iowa in on, on the Maryland side because, like, Fernando and Smith, they had four baskets combined for 15 points. Granted, Fernando had the most important one there at the end. But, you know, if you if you told me you'd hold Fernando and Smith to 15 points, I'd have thought, hey, that's a might be a pretty comfortable win. Um, and it wasn't, you know. It just, that, that's the way it goes sometimes, and, and it sucks. Uh, but you're not going to win many games shooting 33% from the field. You just aren't. No. I uh, <clears throat> I'm actually kind of shocked that we that the game was close. I was ready to put a fork in Iowa when we were down. What was it about eleven or twelve with about five minutes left? Then we went on a nice little eight uh, eight run spurned by my, uh, Nicholas Bear, and uh, it just felt like uh, I when after they committed the foul, I was actually kind of I did not want. Um, I can't remember who committed the foul at the on Bohan at the at the end. Um, I wanted I would have the last shot, and I think that kind of went against us, kind of like the, the too-much-time mentality you might have in football. Um, and I would dig it the last shot. It just was not a good one. We can talk about that now. We can talk about it later. No, let's talk um, about that now. Um, you know, uh, down one point, obviously I think that if any of us could have chosen a player to have the ball in their hands, it would have been Bohannon. And I think that with that, you know, you're pretty much saying you're okay with a three-pointer. Um, just because that's his game, but it it wasn't a good shot. That's I mean I mean any yeah. shot. That, I know everybody says that any shot Bohannon takes is a good shot because they're all his shot and you know whatever. But that was that wasn't a good shot. Yeah, I think the thing that 
Maryland deserves a ton of credit for is, you know, we talked about the Indiana and uh, I can't remember the other one. They're all blurring together. The Northwestern game, how he was dribbled into both shots off his right, you know, kind of off his right hand. This one, Maryland did a great job having him go left. They doubled him. Like, they really forced him to pass, even though it didn't really seem like there was a place for him to go. So, like, credit Maryland on that defense, and it felt like, uh, you know, it, it was a little forced. But, you know, getting it up there early did offer the scramble drill. Um, and Moss had a pretty clean look on the rebound. So, it sucks. But you know that that just the way it goes sometimes. It, it was it was a nice little stretch run that we had, uh, you know, winning on a couple buzzer beaters. But uh, not so fun on the other side, as as not, I now remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I just, go ahead. I I just really I mean yeah as as Harrison said, Moss doesn't or Bohannon doesn't uh, take a bad shot. I mean that was a bad shot. I would have liked to see, you know, uh, 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 we didn't need a three. I would have liked to see us try. We had seven seconds left. We had more than enough time to try and get. I really wanted to see maybe Cook on the post um, or just try and get, you know, maybe a little bit better look for Bohannon. It looked like maybe he's trying to force a foul uh, at the end, which maybe I'm fine with, but he didn't do a very good job of it. It was just such, uh, it, it looked like you would think that there was absolutely no time left on the clock if you had just seen the shot. Uh, when in reality there were four to five seconds, and um, I'm just really unhappy with it. But I, more than anything, though, I'm, we talked a little bit off before recording about moral victories, and I hate saying that, but I'm just really glad that we didn't just fold. Um, I'm re- I was really nervous going to this game that Iowa was a little bit fraudulent based off the fact it took buzzer, buzzer beaters to t- take down two cellar-dwelling teams in the Big Ten in our last two games. Uh, but I liked what I saw from the team. It really was a matter of shots going down, and um, I think Maryland's good. Bruno Fernando is as good at, good as advertised. Cowan obviously is good, uh, great for them. But uh, Maryland's a team that'll make the tournament. Uh, Iowa, we know, uh, will unless something absolutely horrible happens. And these were two good teams today, and I think Iowa probably got better. Yeah. I mean, I said earlier today, I asked our uh, Slack, I said, am I the only one here who thinks that I was about to get boat raced tonight? And, you know, just with the way that Maryland's a solid defensive team and the way that they can put up points in bunches, you know, I was just thinking that, you know, it was going to be a night where maybe Garza or Cook or somebody, you know, got into foul trouble early and then, you know, Bruno Fernando and company, you know, were able to do what they wanted to do with Iowa, obviously. Fernando and, you know, uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Smith? Yeah, Jalen Smith. Yeah, Jalen. So those two, you know, they uh, they didn't get anything going against Iowa. They were in foul trouble in the first half. And, you know, I mean, Cowan had a great game. Cowan made buckets when they needed to. Fernando, you know, got, <laughs> Fernando got that basket at the end of the game. And, you know, that's all. I think that's all him, too, because I think I've seen on Twitter people talking about how Iowa didn't box out. There are four guys there, and Creener's boxing him out, but when he tries to go up, you know, it's it's a clean, you know, it's a clean rebound for Fernando. He gives a little bit of a shove, but it, it happens, I guess, you know? Like, you can't, you're not going to get that call all the time at the very end of a game, you know, when the refs aren't going to decide the game like that more often than not. Yeah, no, I mean, Creener also had to go and defend Callen. Like, I mean, that was, 
that was the other piece of it, right? Is like, you know, I thought it was a really good play that that Turgeon had set up, just, you know, a straight pick and roll, but instead of it being a real pick, he slipped it and he was able to get position rebounding the ball. So it kind of forced Creener in this little bit of a no man's land uh, where he did end up defending the shot, but couldn't get his butt on uh, Fernando to box him out because I, I do like Creener's chances if he's got a full box out, but the the way that play had really set up, it just, you know, it, it really, I don't know if it exposed Iowa. It's the stuff that we know that Iowa has trouble at, but I thought that was a little wonky. Um, I thought it was interesting that kind of after a couple, um, the last two times I was in this situation, they didn't have Connor McCaffrey on the floor. I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought he might have been someone that you could have leveraged because uh, all eyes were on Bohan, and, like, you you play that back, they, they double-teamed him, um, and it just felt like, I don't know, it seemed like a little wonky after two great plays that, that Fran had drawn up. It, it felt like maybe the, it just, I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a little all over the place, obviously, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, the, ju- we literally just watched the game. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's, you know, it, it's what happens. You're not going to go, a team like Iowa isn't going to finish the season on this crazy run. So, you know, it, it just, it stinks to lose these close games. But, you know, they fought. They, they were down 11. And I think that's the thing that's most enjoyable about this team now is there's not quitting them like there was even, I don't know, Three two months ago, uh, and even then that was a little different. Uh, but it, th- this team still has a different makeup, um, and, and I think that showed tonight as much as anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, just going off what you said um, about the play Fran drew up, I guess what I'm, after thinking about more, what I'm most disappointed in is, is not maybe, you know, I think Bohannon obviously did probably what Fran told him to do or was plan A of whatever he dropped, and I guess I am more, more frustrated after, you know, watching Fran drop two great plays in much more dire situations with higher higher leverage things going on with less time on the clock. Uh, Fran, you know, dropped a play that I don't think uh, was, was his best, and uh, I think there are a lot of options. Well, I like it. That's the first thing I talked about is how the other options were besides Bohan, and, um, but yeah, the resolve, the quit, moral victories, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not really disappointed with the play call. You got the ball into Bohannon's hands. Bohannon, you know, got up a shot. And it's, it wasn't a good shot, but, like, and I've said, you know, we've already discussed that at nauseum, but, you know, that's who you, it's who I want taking the shot, especially against a team like Maryland, who has, a, you know, interior presence. You're, you know, Tyler Cook is the other option, probably, but, you know, just thinking about trying to get him the ball with Fernando and Smith down in the post, it's a little bit iffy on my, in my opinion. Um, just because, you know, it's they were blocking everything. They were impacting everybody down low in the post that were trying to get shots up. You know, layups were contested. Dunks were contested. You know, nobody was getting an easy basket down there. And so, you know, maybe trying to get the ball to somebody else, but I don't know who else I'd want taking this shot. Yeah, looking at at this stuff, I always seven and at this stuff, I always seven and nineteen on layups. Western game, it felt like, you know, they they 
were really struggling down low on layups, and it just felt like it was self-inflicted wounds. And, you know, there were a couple of them there where it's like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on? But it's really tough to fault really anyone on this team because just kind of looking at, you know, the bench came to play tonight. Like, it was a night where it didn't feel like the starters were really getting anything going. And to me, I think credit to, you know, a guy like Macy Daly. He's been maligned throughout much of this season. Um, he's had probably more bad games than good. And tonight, he, he was a net positive, in, in my view. He played really yeah. good defense. Um, he hit a three. He drove to the basket. Uh just the one turnover, but, you know, anytime you're getting positive minutes from Daly, uh, overall they had, what's that, 26 points off the bench, barely leading at nine. So, like, th- there there are good things to take from this game, um, and, and to me the bench play is definitely one of them. Daly, yeah. Daly one of four players in Iowa uh, who is not in the minus, <clears throat> in plus minus. Yeah, I'm just looking at these stats were just handed to me interesting you know we out rebounded them by four <laughs> they were just handed uh, to you oh uh, like they're in my email it's oh, like okay. the modern being handed to me fair uh we out rebounded them we shot uh way much better from the charity stripe just looking at these numbers um i totally thought we we're gonna get killed um probably in both those categories even re- uh free throws they really just came down to shooting percentage from three eight of 26 was iowa wall you know um Maryland oh. 12 to 28. And we're, that's just that's how Iowa's game has always been under Fran. They kind of live and die by the three, and tonight we die by it. Yeah, I mean, my biggest, I mean, yeah, the three, that's obviously you said they live or die by it. Sometimes you die by it. Um, my biggest thing with today was against the second worst tur- uh, team at forcing turnovers in the country. Iowa turned the ball over, what, 15, 16 times? Yeah, that's a good point, Max. That's, that's a really good point. Because that's really my only concern with this game. Like, that's my one like real negative for this game. Obviously, the shooting was bad. Sometimes the shooting is just going to be bad. I- I'm sorry, you cut out. What, what did you say? Um, how many times Iowa turned the ball over was concerning. Yeah, and a lot of those. I mean, that's kind of for a treat. That's that's part of the course for Iowa this year. Sure, but you know, this was the second worst team of forcing turnovers of the season or in, in the country. That's true. Well, so that, I mean, that's. Yeah. That's yeah. the my and they were mostly unforced. It wasn't like you know, they were you know playing gr- like great defense. It was like you know random balls thrown out of bounds, you know, so just dumb shit. Yeah, um, and, and to that point, they also had twenty points off those fourteen turnovers. Um, you know, I'm looking at them now. Seven steals. Uh, like you said, it felt like there were what three or four that were just passes out of bounds. It, it, they felt like kind of a team that was tired even though they've only played, you know, like three games in the last week or so. Uh, but these games are, they're exhausting to, to play them uh, the way they're playing them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maryland turned it over 17 times as well. Uh, those seven, like Harrison just said, some of those turnovers were steals. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm- that's what. How many uh, points off turnovers did Iowa get, though? Uh, Iowa just had eight, I believe. That's what it um, said in the stat, or in the, um, yeah, Stats just eight off of 17 turnovers. So, yeah, not not ideal there. No, 
so i mean there's there's i mean that's my big difference i think that's where i'm you know concerned is that that's not even a real concern that's like the biggest disappointment of tonight though you know the shooting wasn't good that's disappointing but sometimes you just run cold sometimes nobody can make a shot and that'll happen like what can you do uh but the turnovers it was just careless ball control and you know that's come up over and over and that's always been yeah like yeah, last week, it was it was much worse in my opinion against Rutgers. The the ball yeah, handling that but was there. Rut- Rutgers is a you know a very good defensive team. You know that's what Rutgers is known for. Is you know being very physical. They play you know a very West Virginia um, kind of defense where you know they're going to press you. They're going to play hard. You know physical defense and you know they're they excel at turn, getting you to turn the ball over. But that's I mean. It's just come, yeah, but you are right. It has come up over and over and over again this season. It's come over over and over and over again with this, you know, with these guys. It was a problem last year. Is there anything that concerns either you guys going forward, Max? I know you've kind of gone on about the turnovers, but is that a concern for you going forward? I mean, I'd say that that's a concern. That's one of the concerns, just because. Uh, you know, it's, as I just said, it's been a theme for this team the last couple of seasons, and, you know, when they don't turn the ball over, they're great, but, and even when they turn the ball over, sometimes they're able to overcome it just because they're such a good shooting, uh, you know, good shooting team, but, you know, it is, it is a concern, I mean, defense is a concern, but tonight they played great defense against Maryland, Uh, you know, one of the better offensive teams in the country, what are they, 31st, uh, they were coming into the game 31st in Ken Palm adjusted offense? Like 30th, somewhere I think they're there. 21st in both offense and defense. Um, they're they're good. Yeah, I mean they're a good they team. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't a loss to Rutgers or Northwestern. Northwestern, like they're a good team. They played well. Like I mean they hit shots Iowa hit and and you know it, I I've said I, this time and again. Like some of these games, it's just going to come down to who misses shots and who makes them and. You know, you're not gonna revolutionary. Many, yeah, no, you're not going to win many games shooting 33%. You just aren't. No. No, you aren't. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I feel better about Iowa after this game than I did going in. Like, I'm totally – I know losing sucks, but I guess I said earlier how I had a lot of concerns about Iowa maybe being a little bit fraudulent based off the fact we needed heroics to beat some not-so-great teams. And, you know, we were right down to wire with a team that I think might be a little bit underrated. Uh, I feel good. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm a little more optimistic for the, the way the rest of the season goes now um, after that game, even though it's a loss. All right. So uh, then let's talk about, uh, you know what, before we do that, let's, uh, we'll be back after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, and we're back. Um, so anyway, what was I going to say? Um, yes, so going forward this season, Iowa has five remaining games. They have Rutgers, they have Indiana, not in that order. Um, what is, what's the actual schedule? Does somebody have it in front of them? Indiana's Indiana next. Friday. I yeah. do, Max. We got Indiana on Friday, then Tuesday at Ohio State, uh, March 2nd. Rutgers comes to town, and then at Wisconsin on Thursday, March 7th, at Nebraska Sunday, March 10th. Okay, so yeah, uh, so those are so five games left. Um, how are we thinking that Iowa can you know finish this season? How do you, what do you think? How do you feel about this team moving forward? I know you just said you feel good about them, Ben. What are you you know thinking right now off the top of the head? Um, I think. Indiana, even though they uh, they just played a, maybe a good game against Purdue, we didn't see it. They just lost. <laughs> that was, one. from what I've gathered, it was an absolute <laughs> terrible, awful game where they were scores like what forty five. I points. saw something like Laneford might have the flu or something. Yeah, he was throwing up on the sideline. I guess. Oh, oh my god! Lovely. Yeah. Well, and if uh, you think that <laughs> Bohannon had a bad game at two for eleven, Carson Edwards was two two for twenty at one point. I think he finished three for twenty one. So. uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. <laughs> um, so anyway, I feel good about Indiana. I already beat them. Ohio State, it is there. We already beat them. And Holtman, maybe a pumpkin. Who knows? Rutgers, uh, we've got bulletin board material left over from then. Um, Wisconsin, Ethan Happ is a fraud. And at Nebraska, Tim Miles uh, is coaching his last game in Lincoln. Uh, so you're saying 5-0. and oh. No, four and one. We'll lose to Wisconsin. Um, and maybe, yeah, but either way, like as long as we don't go zero and five and or one and four, two and three would suck. But we're, we'll still get an attorney with that. Um, I think four and one and three and two are the two most likely outcomes. Harrison. Yeah, to me, I think the. Even with this Maryland game on the schedule, I thought that the Indiana game, Rutgers game, and Nebraska game were the easiest ones for Iowa to notch wins. Um, so I I don't think that necessarily changes my my thought on that. I think you know three and two would be a great way to finish the seasons. You know, go in with you know a little bit of momentum. Three and two would also. I mean, the, I guess the thing about if they were to go four and one. And maybe this is premature, but if they went four and one, what that would mean is basically ensuring Iowa's first single-digit loss season since like 2006, which was the Northwestern State um, season. So that would be something. Um, 24 regular season wins would also be a program record. Oh, it would. It, yeah, 20, 24. 23 is right now the record. Okay, yeah, I, really. think, I think two teams have done 23. Yeah, really. Nice. So yeah, I think really just not poop in the bed is really kind of my uh, stamp barometer for success. Barometer for success on this one, and that would be zero and five. So I think three, like like Ben said, that would stink, but you know it still got them in the tournament. It probably means they either 
don't have a bad loss or they've counteracted that bad loss with a better win. So, um, yeah, I, I think two and three is probably what we're looking at to finish the season. Yeah, I, I think that they can go three and two myself. Um, the only games that really concern me concern me are probably Ohio State at Ohio State and at Wisconsin. Um, Ohio State's been better than they were when Iowa played them. They were really bad when Iowa played them. And obviously at Wisconsin, Wisconsin's a really good team again this year. Um, you know, those concern me. Nebraska doesn't concern me at all right now. That team has absolutely given up. I don't know if you guys saw any of the their performance against Penn State, but Penn State put up 95 against them, and they just did not look like they gave a shit. Um... And then, yeah, Indiana and Rutgers, I think there will be wins. I think they'll be closer wins, but wins nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd get you guys' um, opinion on what you thought of the rest of the schedule moving forward really quickly, since we were kind of talking about that. Uh, y'all have anything else you want to touch on? Do you guys think that I was going to be ranked next week? Ha 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 ha. Probably not. Yeah, no, I don't uh, think so either. I don't know. If we beat Indiana... Maybe. Why not? We have a mm. lot of points. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. What are they right now? They're 21? Yeah, they're 21. And I Are they 17 in the other one? No, they yeah, dropped two spots. Oh, 21 and 19. Yeah. They're prob- they probably end up... I You know, let's beat Indiana, and then we can have the discussion about whether they're ranked or not, should be ranked or not. I think they do end up ranked because they do beat... Indiana, as I'm in the middle of the wild, wild west, if anyone can hear. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's my stance. Are you playing Red Dead Redemption right now? No, uh, Christina is playing it on surround sound in the ne- other room, so it's uh, a wild time. You got any more of that moonshine? How mad do you think Maryland fans are knowing that I'm drinking an $18 bottle of whiskey right now? How mad are they? What? Never mind. Yeah, you're right. I'm <laughs> drinking cheap alcohol, and it might trigger a Maryland fan. Oh, basically. yeah. I mean, that was the joke. <laughs> a, oh. a joke about drinking a what did they wine say? out of a bag. They're drinking a, a 1985 port. I don't know. I, I very. I, we were talking about that in Slack, right? Somebody said something weird on their website about like a eighty dollar bottle of wine or something. Yeah, so, pretty much, because oh, okay. that's what you break out when you're playing Iowa in basketball, I guess, in February. It's the cream of the crop, you know? Drink drink a <laughs> bottle of wine that is my entire paycheck for a week. Okay. We should be thankful for that guy not breaking his 72-inch TV. I know that that, that was a, a risk for the Testudo Times commentariat, so good for him. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, do we have any? What else do we have? Uh, we kind of threw this together real last second after this game happened. Uh, we have Indiana Friday. Um, oh, yeah, we just talked about this. We could preview bit. it, but. Sure, who Indiana, knows? they just lost to Purdue, which we said, and we think that they're going to win. Romeo could be, di- uh, you know, he might be ill, for all we know. I and think he'll probably it. be fine. He'll, I'm sure he's fine. He'll probably yeah. have his best game. Yeah, he shot like 9 of 10 from the free throw line. The only one he missed is the one that would have, I think, tied the game. 
So that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's a good point. That was the only free throw that he missed, was the one that uh, kept it tied. Um, I was following that game actually pretty closely during the first half. It was an awful first half that we watched. The Purdue-Indiana game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess maybe the larger point, if we want to bring this out, is like, you look at some of these scores that have happened in the Big Ten lately, uh, I guess, I don't have it right in front of me, but... I think it might have been Dr. Manu tweeted it out, but it was like yesterday with the Illinois-Wisconsin game, that was like 62-58. This Indiana-Purdue one was in the frickin' 40s. This game, 65-66. Granted, a little slower pace, um, but still, you know, it's 15, 15 conference games with five to go. I mean, granted, the, the first two were in the middle of the non-conference season, so it's like... That's fine, but it it takes a toll. It, it just, the, this stuff builds up. I think kind of my concern going forward is Juwan Morgan, or <laughs> Juwan Morgan, Luca Garza against Juwan Morgan. I'd like to see him maybe get it going a little bit, but that that's maybe the, the biggest concern that I actually have about this team right now, because Iowa needs uh, Garza. Yeah. Are we concerned about Garza? I am. Yeah. I am now. He hasn't yeah. had. I know. I predicted him to have a. I mean, that was my bold prediction. My only prediction for tonight was he would have a great game. He had Iowa's first four points, and he ended the game with five points. Um, right. Yeah, I think that's correct. Um, he hasn't had. A, when was the last time he had a double-digit scoring effort? It's been. I don't think he. It's, it's, it's been, been four games now. So it's not since January. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. I mean, tonight I kind of figured he wasn't going to put up a ton of numbers just because of the inside presence from Maryland. But I mean, what is it? He's had four points and four points, zero points, seven points, and now five points in his last four games. Is there a big doctor on Fran McCaffrey's coaching staff? <laughs> we I know. Mean, uh, we know Spiro's the shot doctor. Who is the who can get Garza's confidence back? I think it actually will be Spira or however his name's pronounced. Because yeah. I think what he might need is just like a, a day in the f- just a great film session. Because against Indiana was you know he fouled out there, one of four. I think you know just sitting down, going through tape, offense, defense. What's he got to do? Uh, to me, I think that's probably. Um, the type of thing he needs because, yeah, I mean, uh, prior to that was the what? The six straight 20-point games? Five plus... Yeah, he was great. Yeah, five, one of them being 19. Like, I mean, he's got it. It's in there somewhere. Let's uh, let's find it again. Yeah, he's really... It really has felt like he's been the missing link between, you know, Iowa's... Um, all the close games come down to, you know, we sort of he's the outlier on the box scores, really, in just about every category. Um, and it's really just front. He was minus 11. His plus minus was my, his split was minus 11 tonight, which is like Kobe esque. Um, <laughs> yeah, plus minus isn't everything, but, you know, when you. I don't even know what it means. It I don't know. It means that you, Maryland scored 11 more points than Iowa did while he was on the floor. Is that, is that it? 
just it. It's that easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's that easy. All right, I'm gonna mute myself for a while. All right. No, 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 no. It's fine. No, yeah, you you deserve it. Take a two minute timeout. <laughs> but I think that's kind of the concern that I have. We scamp. I I think he's just hitting kind of the freshman wall a little bit. Yeah, I mean he's gonna have those kinds of games. He. Oh, I mean, he wasn't even really particular. Was he particularly bad tonight? I just kind of didn't notice him. Yeah, it was more like you didn't really notice him versus that. I mean, he sat 14 minutes in the first half. Like, yeah, I but guess he that's ended up why. with three fouls. It's like, hey, you know, just trust him. But Fran doesn't trust anyone with two fouls. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he had two early fouls in the game. I was thinking that was Luca, but no, it was definitely Wieskamp. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I'm a little bit concerned with them. Ty, what did what was Cook's line tonight? I don't think Cook really did much tonight either. No, I mean to me that, that was kind who, of the who funny did, thing. Who he did do something? Six points. He had two really good dunks. He had that nice little play to uh, Garza on the horrible alley oop attempt. Yeah. Or did he just have three dunks? He might have had just all three dunks. Um, I wanted Cook to take the shot at the end, man. I think Bohannon could have found him and. <laughs> Cook could have made Bruno Fernando um, cry a little bit, and we'd be talking in something way different right now. Yeah, I think that, to me, I, if we get back to the, that play, I think that was the initial play was to run a pick-and-roll to Cook kind of on the side. I think but, you're right. I think that's how it looked. I'm yeah, and right Callen didn't let Bohannon get to his right, so it really blew the play up. Like, I mean, to me, that's better – defense than it is offense and it just kind of left Iowa without an option because they couldn't run that action um but yeah I mean I I'm still kind of with you Ben like I, I feel a little more encouraged about this team after this loss especially as we have this yeah. little therapy session um <laughs> because I don't think they can play that badly again and now I just jinxed it for Friday night uh, nice work all right well pencil and the loss are gonna go one and four now thanks a lot all right. Um, really quickly, uh, if we go and talk a little, really quickly, uh, if we go and talk a little bit of football, the number eight in the NFL draft to the Detroit Lions this upcoming uh, June, July, whenever the draft actually is. Is that? A, do you think that's high? Do we think that's proper? So this is some um, prior to when I thought like Noah Fant was going to be in this situation is the highest tight end that's been drafted within, like, the last 10 to 15 years. Was it in a joke? Maybe ever. Let me, let me look this up, but um, I'm, it's Eric Ebron at oh, six, yeah. I think, and that is the highest a tight end's ever been drafted. So, yes, it's insane for TJ Hawkinson to be going eight, but I'm very <laughs> happy that he's right there. But you know what? Eric Ebron was drafted by the Detroit Lions at number six. The number eight pick would belong to the Detroit Lions, so I guess that we can't exactly rule it out. You can take uh, the Matt Millen out of the Lions, but you can't <laughs> take the Lions out of Matt Millen. Or you can, well, who, uh, I don't know. Who, you know what I mean. So, did you already say who has the eighth pick? What was that? Who who has the eighth pick? Did we, is it Detroit. Lions again? Detroit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. They're going to take him. I don't yeah. know. Except I don't yeah, want to no. do that because then, I mean, you cheer for the Bears and, you know, the Bears are going to beat Hawkinson twice a year and I cheer for the Vikings and the Vikings will beat Hawkinson twice a year. And They'll probably beat him once because Kirk that. Cousins, the $84 million man, will blow it. But 
Well, that's beside yeah, the point. Yeah, cool. Um, maybe if they took out field goals in the game of football, the Bears would do something, but uh, who knows. So, anyway. Uh, okay, so it blank. is Kellen Winslow and Vernon Davis were both picked sixth. And then Eric Ebron was tenth. And Vernon Davis is known as like having the greatest combine of all time, right? Yeah. Sweet potato, yes. So yeah, I think it's kind of insane that Hawkinson's that high up boards. Because I, I think my thought on Fant versus Hawkinson is I thought it would be like both of them kind of in the middle of the late first round, and then you would see the combine would happen, and then Fant would really take over. But just seeing Hawkinson so high, so early, it feels like it's going to take a lot for him to drop, even out of the first round. Yeah, I think that Kuiper is calling him already the next Gronk, which is how much, crazy. How much of this do you think is the Kittle effect? 100%. 95%. Love it. All, all, all in. I, I'm a hard agree. You know what, maybe That's that means question, we can get some I, nice... I think, uh, yeah, it's 100% the Kittle effect. Maybe we could parlay that into some nice uh, tight end groups. Not to say that what we have on campus isn't good, but, you know, keep moving forward. Maybe Hurry gets a couple five stars this upcoming recruiting cycle. Would be nice. Um, but uh, unless you all have anything else to say, um, I think we could probably about wrap this up, yeah? Maybe just one. May, let's do a Jerry Kill minute. Jerry Kill. Okay. I listened to it. Um, Max, did you listen to it? Of course you did. No. Uh, I listened to it. I sent it to my dad and uncle, who are huge, huge Minnesota guys, and they both said separately. I sent it to them separately. They both, they both, they both arrived on their own that he sounds jealous. <laughs> and I could not disagree with that more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Jerry Kill is the jealous type, to be honest. Is what, he? Jerry Kill just took here's, an AD job somewhere, didn't he? Here's the thing that people, like, this is what I think is a funny, let me pull up his Wikipedia so I don't get this wrong. But Jerry Kill, he, I mean, he left Minnesota under some controversy. There was some stuff going on with his offensive coordinator. Norwood Teague, the, the athletic director who hired him, uh, is the most one of the worst people on earth. Just a horrible, horrible person. Um, so Jerry Kill, he saw what was going on, and as and Jerry Kill legitimately, he had cancer, he has seizures, he legitimately has health issues, True. and so he rescind, he left, he retired from Minnesota, saying, um, you know, I this is killing me, and yes, absolutely do that. <laughs> Within a year, he was, he took a uh, job at Rutgers, a, a job at Rutgers, <laughs> like how how vexing. Does the Minnesota Athletic Department have to be to make someone who's got serious health issues move to New Jersey? To all coach of a sudden, at Rutgers. To coach at Rutgers. Like, I think that's the biggest indictment on Minnesota athletics of all time. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with you there. I know that you like to talk about how awful that athletic department is. Um, I'm much less familiar as a It is my favorite topic of, of discussion, and it's not even close. Number two would be like beer. my my kill-death ratio in Halo 2. What is it? It was in the threes. Huh. <laughs> so you had no life. Had? <laughs> Fair. 
<laughs> yeah, now he's the uh, Jerry Kill's the athletic director now at uh, Southern Illinois. Good for him. Good for Jerry Kill. Yeah. I guess for the full quote, and this is really I got rid of it. We haven't even talked about the content of of the of the of what we haven't even talked about. What we're talking about. Oh yeah, here it is. Okay, so Jerry Kill. Do well, I still this... root for the Gophers? I do. Well, no. Let's let's set this up. This is on who is it? AJ Hawks. Yes. AJ Hawks podcast or radio show. Yes. And he just had Jerry Kill on and asked him about PJ Fleck. Yeah, and he says, do I still root for the Gophers? I do. Do I enjoy him running up and down the sideline? I do. Do I think he's about the players? No, he's about himself. <laughs> Hell yeah. He, he didn't, no, he didn't, I thought he said I do not like him running up and down the sideline. He set it up as questions. Okay. Oh, excuse me. No, I do not. Yeah, he said it. no. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, said yeah, no yeah. to those last He doesn't two. like anything about PJ Fleck. Yeah. There, and that's it. Who does outside of Minnesota? Yeah, that's a great point. Tow the boat. Are your uh, are is your family are they big uh, PJ Flick guys? Do they row on the boat? Do they really believe? They row the boat so hard. They that's they they so row weird. it so hard. To their credit, they I mean no, it's not to their credit. They all but they do hate Patino too. So they're not just total Kool Aid drinkers. Um, they hate Richard Patino, but they love they love PJ Fleck, and I mean kind of. How can you not? Like, they beat Wisconsin for the second time of my lifetime this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, That's fair. How, how can you not like him? After that, if yeah, if somebody, if Iowa had like a long drought against Nebraska or Iowa State and somebody new came in and won in year two, yeah, I guess that, that would buy him a lot of goodwill on, on my part. All right, well, with that, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say that we could wrap this thing up. Um, yeah, let's do it. For uh, for Harrison and Benjamin Ross, I am Max Brecky. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Mock Farrowland.